Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's get it going. This is the FCS Fever Podcast, where we turn up the heat on FCS football, available wherever you get your podcasts. The FCS Fever Podcast is presented by Betfred Sports and part of the Aaron Torres Media Feed. I'm Chris Sylvester, and this is our Week 3 preview show, the FCS Fever Podcast, presented by Betfred Sports. When you play in the Betfred Sportsbook, no one gives out more free bonuses than Betfred. The more you bet, the bigger the bonus. They will be putting out lines for FCS games all season long, committed to being one of the best books anywhere for fans of FCS football. Betfred, one of Europe's biggest sports books, now in the U.S. They've hit the market in a big way. Official betting partner of the Denver Broncos, Colorado Rockies, and now the Cincinnati Bengals. They're currently licensed in Arizona, Colorado, Iowa, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Louisiana, Washington, and soon Ohio. Hashtag fear the FCS. And I think there's a lot of people around the FCS that feel like that hashtag will be thrown around in a place where you can happily bet on Betfred Sports Arizona this weekend. We'll get into our... FCS Fever Podcast, top five hottest matchups. But we've been waiting for this moment since 2016. North Dakota State will have a crack at an FBS. All right, we've kind of been talking about this week for a particular reason for a while. It's it's North Dakota State. It's the first time in a while that the Bison have been invited to the house of an FBS. Now, of course, we were all looking forward to NDSU in Oregon in the COVID year, and that game never wound up happening. But NDSU gets a chance to go out west this weekend and face Arizona. A lot of unknowns there with Arizona still, despite a couple of games in 2022. They looked really good week one on the road at San Diego State. Not so much against what's a very well a good Mississippi State team out of the SEC in week two. We'll see how they bounce back against the top-ranked Bison in week three as North Dakota State heads to Tucson. Andy Rickoff of the Bison 1660, our Missouri Valley insider, if you will, is kind enough to join us on our week three preview show. Andy, uh, how have these first couple weeks of the college football season been out in Fargo? 
Chris, great to be back on with you. I appreciate you having me on. They've been good. I mean, it's, it's a couple of wins in Fargo. I wouldn't say the level of competition has been anything near elite uh, with Drake and North Carolina A&T, but two teams that fans around here haven't seen, at least, haven't played Drake since the 1960s, haven't ever played North Carolina A&T. So uh, some new faces into the Fargo Dome, but a couple of very comfortable wins. So the only downside or the only negative that the fan base likes to, to poke at was against Drake, the very first possession of the game, Drake went right down the field and scored a touchdown on NDSU. But after that, they only scored you know one more touchdown in that game, and the North Carolina A&T only mustered up a field goal in the entire game in, in game number two. So defense playing well. Uh, the offense, they're passing the ball pretty well. Haven't really had to pass the ball a ton, uh, running the ball extremely efficiently, and you can't ask for much better outcomes in the first two weeks. But as you, you laid out there, it's, it's going to toughen up here a little bit in week number three, which we like. Yeah, and, and North Dakota State, of course, they've got that six-game winning streak against the FBS. Looks like they're going to get uh, just south of a half a million to make that trip out to Tucson. Uh, you're around the, the team a lot. You're around the program. You're around NDSU Athletics a ton with what you do out there on the Bison 1660. So uh, how does this lead up to a game at Arizona Field compared to some of the other FBS matchups in, in recent memory? That's a good question. I mean, in terms of the feeling around here, I'd say it's different than the you know the, the previous couple of them at the very least. You go all the way back to that game against Minnesota. I think that the thought process was this is a fun game. This is good. We can win it. We believe we can. But, man, it's going to be tough to win it. And, and maybe not so much with, with Kansas, but Kansas State it was definitely that way. And the most recent one in 2016 against Iowa – I remember going into that game thinking, man, NDSU's won all these games before, but this is just this is a different feel. This is, I believe, at the time number eleven in the country in Iowa, and this is a top-ranked team, and this is the Hawkeyes. They don't, they don't get pushed around inside Kinnick Stadium, and it, it had that feeling of like, I think we can win, but man, it, it's it's tough. And not that it, you know this is any sort of pushover at all. Arizona's a much improved team from a year ago, but a year ago they had one win. And and had some really bad losses. Had a loss to Northern Arizona in that season as well. And I think a lot of fans, even though we've seen Arizona for two weeks and they're a much improved team from a season ago, I think a lot of fans are going into this one saying, "Okay, I don't know if we should be expected to win, but this is definitely a very winnable game." And I think it's a, a different attitude from the fan base than it has been for the the rest of those other FBS games. Obviously, the FCS to FBS discrepancy is mostly about scholarships, and more times than not, when you look at the stars that these guys were recruited at, more times than not, the FBS has the upper hand. And, well, Arizona just had one of their better, better recruiting classes in program history under uh, Coach Fish there. Uh, obviously, just a one-win team a season ago. You mentioned they were upset by a very pedestrian Big Sky team in northern Arizona in 2021 but there's if there's a concern here for North Dakota State going into the matchup at Arizona is it maybe trying to defend some of the athletes that Arizona had success with week one at San Diego State on the outside or what do you what do you think is is the big key matchup as far as schematics go against this Arizona team yeah I mean when you look at their their roster Chris it is it is young they do have a, a couple of really good recruiting classes they have a few freshmen redshirt freshmen that are starting for them on the offensive line and actually at the linebacker position. So they got a couple of, of good young players. They're extremely young in the two deep 
when they have if they have any injuries. Basically, their their backups are all freshmen and sophomores. So they've had some good recruiting classes, and I like that for the most part. Building through recruiting, building through bringing in high school talent, but also we know in today's era you can flip a roster really quick in college football with the transfer portal. And Jed Fish was not afraid at all to do that, and they brought in some really good talent. If you talk about who I am, you know, quote unquote, worried about. In this game, I go to a couple of, of key transfers for them. First, Jaden Delora, their quarterback. I think he's a really good player. He was the uh, freshman offensive player of the year in the Pac-12 at Washington State last season. Then transfers in conference, which is still just crazy to me that that can happen, uh, but transfers in conference to Arizona and was the offensive player of the week in week number one against San Diego State. Now, I will say I thought he got a little chaotic in week two and through some some bad interceptions he's someone that if you can fluster him a bit i think you can you can rattle him just a bit but he's a really good athlete I, i'm surprised he hasn't ran for even more yards than he has i like that he keeps his eyes downfield and tries to make plays in the passing game when he, has, he escapes the pocket i wouldn't be shocked though if they do use him a little bit more in the run game to try and use his athleticism but he's a heck of a player and and that's someone i know the the coaching staff's going to be trying to find a way to contain him in the pocket fluster him and make him feel uncomfortable if you can just get some pressure in in them and, and keep the defensive ends to keep them inside the pocket i think you can fluster them but another great player for them is his go-to guy his his top receiver in uh, jacob cowing uh, a 511 175 pound receiver from utep who transferred into the program he's already got four receiving touchdowns he leads them in receptions receiving yards points so many categories through two weeks that's a player that is their, their top target and someone that Delora has really kind of relied on so far this season. And he's extremely athletic, very fast, very quick player. It's sometimes more of the, the, the smaller, shiftier receivers that defenses have trouble with. NDSU's matched up with some of those 6364 receivers and not really had a ton of problems. They're able to be physical with them. But these, these quicker receivers like a Jacob Cowing, those ones have tended to be a little bit more uh, of an inconvenience, not just for NDSU, but for all defenses in college football. So uh, Cowing and Delore are two transfers that are definitely going to have the, the Bison's defensive attention in this one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Breaking down, in my opinion, the marquee matchup, FCS versus FBS in this regular season, NDSU Arizona with Andy Rickoff of the Bison 1660 in Fargo. As we put the finishing touches on previewing this game, do you have a prediction yet? I, I know it's we're halfway through the week. Saturday is getting closer and closer. Do you think NDSU finds a way to win their seventh straight over in FBS? Man, that's another good question, and I, I'll say yes. I, I'll say I think they find a way to do this, and 
you know, they've beat Iowa, they've beaten all these other, they've beaten Kansas State, Minnesota, and games where you thought, man, I just, I don't know if they can pull it off, and they were able to pull it off. So I have a better feeling about this game than I did about those ones. I think this team has more athletes maybe than some of those other teams NDSU has beaten, and that's the number one thing they're going to try and slow down is the, the athletes in space. But I think NDSU is more physical. I think NDSU is the more physical football team in this game. Uh, Hunter Lipke, uh, Tamaric Williams, Kobe Johnson, I see all of those running backs having big days. Dominic Canella could too. I think the matchup is really good for Noah Gindorf, the tight end for NDSU. It, to me, it comes down to the rushing yards for NDSU. Can they impose their will? There's no secrets about it. Arizona knows NDSU wants to run the football and wants to run it extremely well. If the Bison can do that, even though Arizona is going to try and stop it, if the Bison can do it, they should be fine in this game. And they, I think they are the more physical and more mature football team up front in the line. So that's what's going to come down to me, to me. And NDSU's always had the ability to run the ball well and tackle well in space. So I'm going to bet that those two things go NDSU's way. And I'll give you a prediction of uh, 28 to 20. How's that sound? Hey, hey, you know what? If you nail that one to a T, uh, I'll make sure to make an FCS Fever shirt for you. I'll send it your way. Might even send a few your way to get some of the folks in Fargo uh, repping what, of course, kind of started in Fargo uh, with you, you, Jeff Colhane, uh last season. Elsewhere in the Valley, and, you know, I, I'll, I'll get your thoughts in just a moment on some of the teams that have kind of, you know, had me a little disappointed here out of the gate, but uh, about a few hours away in Grand Forks, I, I've really liked what I've seen from North Dakota, and they've got a, a veteran quarterback in Schuster there. They've got a, a good running back and really gave Nebraska all they could handle week one and then uh, had an impressive Missouri Valley win by a couple of points over Northern Iowa last week. Uh, other than the Fighting Hawks of North Dakota, ha has there been another Missouri Valley team out of the gate that has kind of surprised you in a good way? I mean, I don't think surprise would be the word because uh, we expected this from them, but Missouri State's played well. They have two wins. They're 2-0, and and you can say they should have won by more points against UT Martin, and I won't disagree with you. Uh, but the thing for Missouri State under Bobby Petrino has always been they kind of play to the level of their competition. They've lost a few games that leave you scratching your head just a little bit, but then when they came to NDSU last year, there was a fourth-quarter game, and they had the lead on NDSU in the second half, and they, they, they tend to play extremely – uh, well, when they're playing one of those top teams and when they play a team they expect to beat, it's kind of just like, oh, we should we should win this one. And sometimes they lose that one, which is frustrating for them, I'm sure. But so far, they're 2-0, and which is kind of what you would expect. And then also Youngstown State's got a couple of wins, uh, not against the greatest of competition. But those are still games. Last couple of years, Youngstown State hasn't won those. This year, they've won them both. You know, So uh, they're in a decent spot so far here this season. And I do think there's some positive things for Youngstown State in the future. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year. But they're starting to turn that program around a little bit, and that's always been a program where if they're good, it's better for the Valley, and I think it's better for FCS football. Yeah, always nice to start a season with two wins before hitting the loss column. A team that's already lost two games out of the gate, and they've played a tough schedule, Northern Iowa. They host Sac State this weekend, lost at a really, really good Air Force team in week one, and then uh, we just mentioned that two-point loss in Grand Forks over the weekend. South Dakota State, and i got to give you some credit because we brought you on here before the season kicked off, and you know, Coach Stig over there, he's been there for more than a quarter century, and he said that this might be his best offense ever. Now, uh, they're trying to replace Coach Eck, who's now the head coach at Idaho, and I think Idaho's looked pretty good out of the gate competing at Washington State 
State and at Indiana these first couple of weeks. But uh, has South Dakota State been a disappointment, especially on offense, to you out of the gate? Or, or did you, do you just kind of tip your cap to some good competition? Obviously, I think Iowa probably has a better defense than anybody that South Dakota State's going to see for the rest of the year. And then UC Davis, Dan Hawkins has really had that program playing at a high level uh, since he got back there in this stint. What do you take away from South Dakota State and Northern Iowa, a couple of teams that maybe haven't performed to the level that some expected these first couple weeks? Like you said, I, I was hesitant to say that it was the best offensive team ever. I, I just saw the changes, especially in the coaching staff, and a big loss of losing a guy like Deer Strong Jr. at the running back position. And I said, I'll, I'll believe it more so when I see it. And I think it's kind of what I expected. Now, you do have to also mention that they lost Tucker Craft in like the second possession of their season. And that guy is a phenomenal tight end, maybe the top NFL draft prospect in the FCS this year. So that's a player that when you lose him, it does change your entire offense. There's no doubt. So that was a big blow. But, you know, again, Iowa, really good defense, really good defense. I get it. And you didn't score a touchdown on them. Maybe that can be expected. But they didn't really even move the ball against Iowa. They struggled to pick up multiple first downs on most of their drives. I thought they'd be a little bit better than that. And then, yeah, you know, against against UC Davis, I, I thought they'd be better. I thought they would be more of a convincing win. And I agree with you. Coach Hawkins has had that program in the right direction for the most part. But defensively, I don't think they've ever really been a juggernaut defensively. I thought they'd put up more points at home in that game and, and win a little bit more comfortably than that. So I'll be watching for these next couple of weeks and seeing how that offense looks. Because without Tucker Crafton, they're going to be without him probably for at least a few more weeks going into Valley play for sure. Uh, that that offense hasn't quite seemed the same uh, this year, which is maybe to be expected with some coaching changes and stuff. Take you a few weeks to figure it out, but they definitely have talent there. So I'll be watching to see if they can get that uh, offense turned around. Hey, where, where are all the Bison fans going to be watching this late kickoff this weekend? A little bit all over the place. I can tell you there's going to be a very good contingent of them that are watching it from their seats at Arizona Stadium. I, I know there's a lot of fans from here that are going down there and also a lot of alum from NDSU that live either in Tucson or Flagstaff or Scottsdale or other places right around Arizona, right around Tucson that are going to go to that game. It, you know, Watch that game because you're going to see some green. You will see green and yellow in the stands. I can guarantee you that. Uh, other than that, there's a bunch of places around here. I mean, so many places to, to go and watch the game. We'll be at uh, our pregame show spots at Applebee's up by the Fargo Dome. That's usually where we do postgame, but postgame for this week is going to be about 2 in the morning. So we'll do pregame from there instead. And then Herden Horns is a, a great spot around here. Also, a few other spots that are, are just in town. Twin Peaks has been a spot we've been to for a few games. We go down to Twin Peaks whenever we're in Frisco. Now they got a, a restaurant here in Fargo because the one down in Twin Peaks has been so successful, and NDSU has gone down to Frisco. So a whole bunch of spots, but there will be a, a very good contingent in Arizona Stadium, I'll tell you that. Talking Missouri Valley, talking NDSU with Andy Rickoff of the Bison 1660. Hey, thanks so much for your time. Really looking forward to the Bison and Wildcats in Tucson this weekend. And, hey, Missouri Valley play right around the corner. I'm sure we'll be chatting with you again soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, of course, Chris. Appreciate being on. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's get after it. It is our FCS Fever Top 5 Hottest Matchups to Watch featuring FCS programs. Week 3 edition. And there's a lot of good matchups this weekend, so I do also have an honorable mention list. We'll start with the honorable mention games that just missed the cut. And here's the reason I put this game in honorable mention. I'm talking about Duquesne and Hawaii. Duquesne has not won a game over an FCS. Hawaii hasn't won a game at all. Hawaii appears to be one of the worst FBS programs this season. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case moving forward. They brought in 50-plus new players on the roster, new head coach. They're really beatable. Doesn't matter if it's over on the island. Doesn't matter if Duquesne's coming from, what, 8,000 miles away, something like that. Duquesne hasn't shown me much off the bat. Now they lost at Florida State week zero, lost to Youngstown State out of the Missouri Valley week one, beat a non-FCS, non-FBS program in week two, but Hawaii is vulnerable to just about any FCS upset. So I think you got to sound the alarms there. I think there's a potential for an upset on the island this weekend with Duquesne heading over. Montana State, Oregon State. Now, I think Oregon State is really, really good. Like, there's a world where Oregon State wins the Pac-12 good. And I know Utah and USC are the favorites right now, but Oregon State made a fool out of Boise State week one, and Boise State will be mentioned. Maybe that's a teaser. And then they went to Fresno State, and they beat a really good Fresno State team in week two on the road. Uh, We'll see what Oregon State has to do moving forward. They've got SC to open up conference play in a couple of weeks from now, but they get the defending FCS runner-up, Montana State. And, And these are two teams that pride themselves on great defenses and not making a whole lot of mistakes on offense. Now, Oregon State, they got down the field in less than a minute last week and had a walk-off touchdown to beat Fresno State when they could have just kicked the chip-shot field goal and gone to overtime. Oregon State's rolling in with some momentum, but you see where this game is placed for Oregon State, right? In between a dramatic road win at Fresno State, which certainly helps boost their resume, I think Oregon State's a top-25 team 
in the FBS. The polls might not show it just yet. I think Oregon State is a top 25 FBS program. I think Montana State is a top five FCS program. The discrepancy, obviously, in the scholarships. Sure, you'll have some better athletes on the outside for Oregon State. This is a neutral site game. This game's being played up in Portland, which is north of Corvallis. Obviously going to be a great attendance for the game, for Portland to get some FBS action. They're going to play at Providence Park, where Portland State had played a lot in the past, so I expect it to be a great turnout. I think Montana State makes this a game. I think there's a world where Montana State beats Oregon State, and wouldn't that be something for the FCS? That would be a monster victory for the FCS in week three. I'm not calling it, but I think Montana State, there's a world for sure where the Bobcats get the better of the Beavers. Uh, I, all FCS matchup here, Gardner-Webb, Elon. It's another honorable mention for us. Gardner-Webb really impressed me at Coastal. Not sure what to make of them. Beat up on a non-D1 week one. Barely lost at Coastal. Coastal's supposed to be a really good team out of the Sun Belt. I mean, if the Sun Belt didn't prove to you how good they were this past weekend, I don't know what to tell you. I don't think Coastal's going to be battling for that group of six game by any means this year. It's not like it was two years ago when they hosted BYU in that crazy last-minute scheduled game. But Coastal's still a really good team, really good program. They beat Army week one. Barely snuck by Gardner-Webb week two. I've liked Elon since the jump. I, I love the CAA. I love the Colonial this year. The Colonial's awesome. Elon competed with Vandy, shut out Wofford. They're one and one. Matthew McKay looks like he has quickly gotten adjusted in his new home at Elon. I think Elon wins the game, but I think Gardner-Webb has a chance to make that a game. In the SoCon, I like the Citadel and Mercer. I think that's going to be a great game. I, I don't have it in my top five, but I want to put it on the honorable mention list. The Citadel fresh off the upset win at ETSU or rather hosting ETSU. Mercer, they've had a couple of weeks to lick their wounds from a big loss at Auburn. I like Mercer this year. I think Mercer is going to the FCS playoffs for the first time in program history. If you know anything about what I've talked on this podcast regarding Mercer, big fan of Drew Chronic. He's gone in there quickly, and he's taken that program to new heights. I think Mercer wins the game, but the Citadel is going to be tough. The Bulldogs are always, always tough. Another honorable mention is another SOCON game, Furman and ETSU. Interested to see how ETSU bounces back from losing in the last seconds against the Citadel. Furman, on the other hand, they beat up on a non-D1 week one and hung around with what appears to be a really good Clemson team in week two. It's hard to really make a lot of these teams early on, but I thought we kind of nailed it last week when we said that UIW would beat Nevada and they sure did handedly by a couple of touchdowns. I think we also uh, alluded to Holy Cross over Buffalo being a potential, Weber State over Utah State, a potential, EKU over Bowling Green, a potential. Believe me, there's going to be a point in time where I completely whiff and, and don't think that an FCS program has a chance against an FBS, but I think we've been, we've been pretty cool with these off the bat. Now, obviously, I liked South Dakota State over Iowa week one. I liked Davis over Cal week one. Those didn't happen, but those two did lock up for a pretty good week to battle. All right, let's get into it, and let's start with number five. Well, this became a matchup we liked at number five because of what transpired in week two. 
If you were to ask me a couple of weeks ago looking at the FCS slate for week three, I'm not so sure I would have put this matchup in the top five, but I'm talking about an old Big Sky rivalry renewed. Okay, it wasn't really a rivalry, but these teams were in the Big Sky Conference for a while. North Dakota heads to Flagstaff to take on Northern Arizona. It's part of the Big Sky Missouri Valley Challenge. First game was week two. South Dakota State eked out a two-point win at home over UC Davis. I think this has all the makings to be a terrific game that comes down to the wire. I don't expect a lot of points to be scored here, and I didn't really think much of NAU coming off of a week one loss at Arizona State where they really didn't compete much at all. Long gone are the days of Case Cookis. That's far in the rearview mirror for this Northern Arizona program, but I really liked what I saw from their defense in week two in a 10-3 upset win at outbound Sam Houston State. Now, Sam Houston State hasn't looked good at all the first couple of weeks. They lost to what could very well be a suspect Texas A&M team in week one at College Station and then lost at home to this Northern Arizona bunch who held them out of the end zone in a 10-3 win for the Lumberjacks. On the other hand, you have North Dakota, who nearly beat Nebraska week one. And as we expected, we had it as our FCS game of the week last week. Played a dandy of a ball game and won their first Missouri Valley game of the season by two points over Northern Iowa. I'm going to take North Dakota here, but I'd be surprised if this was a route. I'd be surprised if this was anything more than a one-possession game. I like the defenses here. I think North Dakota finds a little more ways to move the football, a little more ways to score the football than Northern Arizona. But if the Lumberjacks can get out of there with the win going into the big sky, maybe that's a big sky sleeper team that could find its way to seven wins and a potential postseason bid in 2022. Number four. Ah, yes. An upset, an upset indeed. And, and you know, it, it's dangerous to kind of get addicted to, to calling these FCS upsets over FBS programs when you're nailing it, right? It's like getting any guesses right. You think that the next time you guess something that you're going to get it right again. It's an all-Tennessee matchup in this one. And I like the FCS over the FBS in this one. I'm talking Tennessee State at the Blue Raiders of MTSU Middle Tennessee State. If you're still following our friends at James Madison, they blew the door off Middle Tennessee State week one. Now, give credit where it's due. The Blue Raiders went to Colorado State against a new head coach, rebuilding program that was honestly quite a mess last year towards the end, and they beat them. They had a huge halftime lead and held on and won by a couple of touchdowns. Tennessee State has had a real tough schedule off the top. They went up to the red turf, played a touchdown game, lost it against Eastern Washington, and then against a Jackson State team that looked absolutely incredible week one, they only allowed one touchdown. I mean, they, they held Jackson State without a touchdown until the fourth quarter this past weekend. 16-3, they lost to Jackson State, but the first three scores were field goals. They held Jackson State without a touchdown until 2 minutes 20 seconds in the fourth quarter. Much like Jackson State, I think Tennessee State has a really underrated defense in the FCS. How does that match up with an FBS offense? Well, I don't think it's a great FBS offense. I think there are a lot of holes here for MTSU. Look, Sunbelt's good. We talked about it. MTSU coming over from Conference USA. 
I think Eddie George is going to have his guys ready. After that, they play Lane and on Division One. They've got a bye week between MTSU and their D2 game. Their next D1 game isn't for about a month until they play Bethune-Cookman on homecoming October 8th. I like Tennessee State here. I think Eddie George gets his Tigers their first victory of the season. Don't think it's easy. I don't think it's a high-scoring game. I think when Tennessee State runs into good teams this year, they're going to have to win games by out-defensing the opposition. I like Tennessee State, one of the best 0-2 teams in the FCS, to pick up their first victory of the season. Number three, it's uh, it's an upset, but it's not an FCS over FBS. These are two really good FCS programs going at it in northern Iowa this weekend. I'm talking about eighth-ranked Sacramento State on the road at 0-2 northern Iowa. You look at the body of work here, Sac State, a blowout win at home week one over Utah Tech. They had a bye week in week two. Northern Iowa, they've had a tough slate to start the season against a really good Mountain West team in Air Force that went on to beat Colorado by just as much as Northern Iowa or thereabouts in Week 2. While Northern Iowa hung tough but wound up losing on the road by just a couple of points against a now-ranked North Dakota team this past weekend. Uh, Northern Iowa, when they were in Sacramento, when these teams last met last season, it was the Panthers that came out on top. And despite Sacramento State and a lot of hype around them and their two-quarterback system, I'm a huge fan of Troy Taylor and what he's done with that program since he's arrived. A couple of undefeated runs through the Big Sky, a couple of Big Sky titles to go along with it. I really like Northern Iowa in this game. Sac State is playing the first of three straight on the road. They'll go to Colorado State and then Cal Poly before they play their second home game of the year. I like Northern Iowa here for a couple of reasons. I think the win that they pulled off over Sac State at their place last season, some of those returners are going to be able to bring some of that positive energy back into an 0-2 locker room. And it's the home opener in the Unidome. Those fans are as tough as it gets out in Missouri Valley country. Sac State coming off the bye week. UNI with a couple of competitive games already under their belt. I give the slight advantage here to Northern Iowa. I think it's going to be a great game. It's, again, part of the Big Sky Missouri Valley Challenge here, much like the North Dakota-Northern Arizona matchup that we previewed earlier. But I think the Panthers of Northern Iowa find a way to get it done inside the Unidome this weekend, and they hand Sacramento State a top-10 team their first loss of the season. Number two, we're not quite sounding the upset alarms and bells, but I think there's potential. On the blue turf in Boise, it's the home opener for Boise State this weekend, and they host UT Martin. Now, UT Martin, despite losing by just four points on the road at Missouri State last Thursday night, they have really impressed me out of the gate. In fact, they're, they're quickly becoming one of my favorite teams in the country. I don't know if it's just because of the Skyhawks logo and nickname there, but UT Martin really got themselves on the map by winning that opening round playoff game at Missouri State last season. Had a feeling that Missouri State wanted that game a little bit more last week. I think UT Martin really wants this game off the bat this week. I think UT Martin's good, but it's a combination of UT Martin being good and Boise State 
not being all that good. Boise State didn't impress me at all. We kind of talked about it on the road at Oregon State. And then Boise State went down to New Mexico for the Mountain West opener, and they continued to prove that they didn't really have much of an offense. 31-14, final score there. Boise got 14 points late in the game. They've already made a quarterback change going away from their starter from the last two years. And remember how disappointing 2021 was for this Boise State program. Andy Avalos in his second year as the head coach. This isn't the Boise State of old under Coach Peterson or even under Coach Harson. I think this Boise State program may be in line for a shakeup pretty soon, and I think UT Martin could place them there a little bit quicker than maybe they and their fan base expected. I don't know if UT Martin wins this game, but I think it sure as heck is close. I think Boise State has an above-average defense. They have not impressed me at all on offense. If UT Martin can get some things cooking, win the field position battle, and not turn the football over, I think there's a chance that the Skyhawks take down Boise State on Saturday afternoon. Okay, last but certainly not least, and we already talked a lot about it with Andy Rickoff, but it's the game of the week, and you'd be foolish to say that any other game trumps what we're going to see on Saturday night in Tucson, North Dakota State. The Bison put their six-game FBS winning streak on the line against the Arizona Wildcats. Now, at the start of the season, there were a lot of unknowns with Arizona. They had one of the better recruiting classes in program history. They worked the transfer portal a little bit. But remember, a, a very pedestrian NAU team went to Arizona and knocked them off last season. They were a one-win team a year ago. The expectations aren't very high in Arizona, but all of a sudden, opening weekend, Arizona goes to San Diego State. San Diego State opens their new stadium. They put the game on big CBS. Arizona looks really good, and people start to think, hey, maybe this Arizona team can compete in the Pac-12. I'm not taking anything away from Mississippi State because they went to Arizona this past weekend, and they had that offense looking terrible, confused, out of sorts. Don't get me wrong. There are some real big playmakers on the outside for Arizona, most notably Jacob Cowing, their receiver, who was running zigzags all over the field against San Diego State in week one. North Dakota State's just too good. North Dakota State's too disciplined, and North Dakota State isn't going to let Arizona throw the football up and down the field on them. Jaden DeLara at so many times looked lost against a good Mississippi State defense last week. I don't know if North Dakota State's defense is as good as what Mike Leach's defense did to Arizona last week, but I think North Dakota State wins this game by a couple of possessions. I don't know what the line's going to be when it comes out on Saturday morning. I'd be surprised if Arizona was even a slight favorite in the game. I don't think Arizona's as bad as people thought when we first saw this game scheduled in the offseason and started really thinking about it. But I think North Dakota State, they proved that they're still the number one team in the FCS by far and away. And I don't think they have a whole lot of trouble with Arizona on the road this weekend. All right, and special thanks to Andy Rickoff, Bison 1660, jumping on to talk a little Missouri Valley, a little NDSU. Should be an exciting week three in the FCS and around the college football. Back at you Monday with the recap show. This is the FCS Fever Podcast presented by Betfred Sports on the Aaron Torres media feed.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.